Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, February 4th. I'm Erica Pandey, filling in for Nala Boodoo. Here's what we're watching today. Hundreds of thousands of U.S. bridges are in need of major repair. Plus, how Americans really feel about the 2022 Winter Olympics. But first, the tenuous balance of power in the Senate is today's one big thing. Democrats are down a crucial vote in the Senate. The balance of power in the Senate shifted after Senator Ben Ray Lujan from New Mexico suffered a stroke on Tuesday. He's expected to make a full recovery, but his absence will shake things up in the 50-50 Senate until his return four to six weeks from now. Here to explain the stakes for President Biden's legislative agenda and Supreme Court nominee is Axios' politics editor, Margaret Talev. Hi, Margaret. Hey, Erica. Great to be with you. So, Margaret, will Republicans control the Senate until Lujan returns? I mean, the truth is that nobody has been controlling the Senate, and now even less will Democrats actually be in control of the Senate. We've seen this before in recent American history, is that when your party controls 50-50 and you need the vice president to break the vote, you can lose no one. When you have a health emergency, you just don't know how long recovery is going to take. In Senator Lujan's case, they have estimated four to six weeks. But think about the agenda in those four to six weeks. Of course, as we know, there's a Supreme Court nomination. Uh, We're hearing from Democratic leadership, this shouldn't impact that. Why not? Well, number one, it takes a while for the vetting and the hearing process to take place. Number two, in theory, it's possible there could be Republican votes for that nominee. But the reality is, if that stretched longer and Mitch McConnell saw an opportunity to take advantage of it, you can imagine that he would. Beyond the Supreme Court nomination, there are scads of other nominations to regulatory positions, to diplomatic positions that uh, will be impossible for Democrats to move the ball on. I saw this stat in the Wall Street Journal that really nailed why this one person matters so much. And I quote, last year, all 50 senators who caucus with the Democrats were needed for a total of 15 votes in which Vice President Kamala Harris was needed to break a tie. So when you hear that, Should the Democrats be scared right now? They should be realistic about understanding what it means for their pace and what it means for their already complicated process of getting anything over the finish line. When we talk about these numbers like 50-50 or those 15 votes, we're talking about final votes in the Senate. But don't forget also there's a committee process and it's a consent process by committee. And so Lujan has a membership on these committees, uh, commerce, a budget or health and education, some specialty issues like Indian affairs. This absolutely impacts the ability to move through the committee process before you were even getting to the question of a floor vote. So there is precedent for this kind of thing. We've seen some examples in recent history. I mean, you remember back in 2006, Senator Tim Johnson from South Dakota had a terrible case of brain bleed that took him out for months. In 2012, Mark Kirk, a senator uh, from Illinois who was a Republican, he had a stroke and I think he was out for about a year. And so 
look, senators are people too. And we talk about these Senate battles in terms of numbers and votes and who's going to do what. And like, <laughs> we never bake in the human factor. We've been thinking about it in terms of COVID. Is someone going to get COVID and would it take them off of the field for a few days or a couple of weeks? But here we're talking about something much more serious. You're talking about a stroke and there are just many more questions about the uh, path to recovery. Margaret Talib is the managing editor for politics at Axios. Thanks, Margaret. Thanks, Erica. We'll be back in 15 seconds with the dire state of America's bridges. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Erica Pandey in Fernalabudu. Here's a stat that terrified me. More than one in three bridges in the United States are in need of major repairs or replacement. Axios' Jennifer Kingston has been digging in on the numbers. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Erica. It's really scary out there. It's true. 36% of the nation's bridges are in serious need of replacement or repair. Uh, there have been Band-Aids applied to them over the years. The federal government, through the infrastructure law, is about to pony up a whole lot of money to repair them. But even under these circumstances, it's going to take 30 years or more to get to them all. And by then, things will continue to deteriorate. The bridges are in a sorry condition. So it is 2022 after all. Do we have any 2022 solutions for this problem? Some answers are bubbling up in Europe, but haven't quite hit the U.S. yet. It's possible to put sensors on bridges that will detect what's going on and send uh, messages about it to predictive software programs so that we can tell just which bridges are about to have problems in advance. This isn't happening much yet, but in addition to physical inspections, it's something that could uh, make a big difference going forward. Jennifer Kingston edits and co-writes the What's Next newsletter at Axios. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, Erica. The 2022 Winter Olympic Games have begun, and Axios and Momentive ran an exclusive poll to see how Americans may be feeling about this year's Winter Olympics. Here's a spoiler. Seven out of ten of the respondents say that China shouldn't be hosting the Games, but about half will still be tuning in. Axios' managing editor for special projects, David Nather, is here. Hey, David. Hey, Erica. So why are Americans so down on China holding the games? What were the main reasons? They list a number of concerns. A lot of Americans are pretty concerned about the human rights record of the Chinese government. That was actually a top concern for Democrats as well as Republicans, really strong for both groups. After that, you started to see some disagreement on, on other priorities. Republicans were more worried about possible surveillance at the games, but both parties are worried about it to some degree. Democrats are particularly worried about the possibility of another COVID outbreak at the Olympics. Republicans, meanwhile, are worried about China using the games to boost their international prestige. So there's a number of concerns. The bottom line is that Americans are pretty down on the Olympics being hosted by China, but they're still going to watch. Right. I mean, half said that they would watch. So they're angry, but they're they're kind of shrugging here. They're kind of saying, well, whatever. Yeah, this isn't actually that unusual. Americans have strongly held political views, but sometimes it's just not strong enough to change their behavior. And in the case of the Olympics, people still want to watch the Olympics. And even beyond the controversy around China, though, a lot of people aren't 
nearly as familiar with the winter games as they are maybe with the summer games, right? So six out of 10 Americans in our polls said they couldn't name a single athlete who is competing. There are a few athletes who would get some mentions, like the snowboarder, Sean White. People did mention him as somebody that they were looking forward to watching, but that was only about 6% of all the people who could name any athletes. And there was even a handful of people who said they were looking forward to watching Simone Biles. So they're going to be really disappointed when they turn on the TV and she's not there at the Winter Olympics. David Nather is Axios' managing editor for Special Projects. Thanks, David. Thanks, Erica. And for those of you who are looking for a winter Simone Biles to root for, here are three Team USA athletes to get excited about. First up is figure skater Nathan Chen, a.k.a. the Quad King. He had a disappointing fifth-place finish at the 2018 Olympics in South Korea, but he's been virtually undefeated since then. Another name you should know is Michaela Schifrin. She's expected to continue to dominate after recently winning her 47th ski slalom race at the World Cup. That made her the first skier, male or female, to win that many races in a single discipline. And you definitely won't want to miss Erin Jackson. She's the world's top-ranked female speed skater and recently became the first Black woman to win the Speed Skating World Cup. And that's it for this week. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Alexandra Boti, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Sabina Sinkani, and Lydia McMullen-Laird. Our sound engineers are Alex Sugiara and Ben O'Brien. Julia Redpath is our executive producer. Sarah Kehulani-Gu is our editor-in-chief. And special thanks to Axios co-founder, Mike Allen. I'm Erica Pandy, and I'm signing off for now. Margaret Taleb will be your host next week. Thanks for listening, and have the best weekend. <laughs>